Welcome to the Scottish Clans. I'm Clint. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, today we have a we're going to get into some origin stuff a little bit. We're going to talk about the McIntyres and the McRae's, as well as just some general information about Highland Clan origin legends. And Michael Newton's going to help us out, not in person, although that could be coming in the future. We've you've already seen that I've begun my I've expanded my uh, scope within this podcast of having live, live guests. Thank you, Ethan Hunt. And there will be more of that to follow in the future. But for today, uh, Michael Newton is just going to be helping me out with one of the books that he wrote. So before I get too far into that, let me give a little word to my about my sponsor, USA Kilts. Guys, if you want anything to express your pride in your Scottish heritage and you want to wear it, go to usakilts.com. That's their storefront. That's where you can find products from all sorts of things built around, the business is built around the kilt. And fine quality kilts they have, I've got two of them. If you want excellent customer service, high quality products, and free shipping in the U.S., actually the bulk of my listeners are in the U.S., Uh, sorry for those of you who aren't, go to usakilts.com. If you want some really cool content on YouTube, go to... USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, there. that's their YouTube channel. Tons of cool content on there, go check them out. All right, hey, just before we jump into the origins, keeping on the task, I'm not getting off on some tangent, we're still talking about Scottish clans, but I've got some big things coming up. Um, I've got my origin course, I'm just a breath away from publishing it. There was more to it than I thought. It wasn't just loading up all your content on there. There was, you have to build out a sales page, like where, if you want to buy the course, where do you go? What does that page look like? It's a full-blown web page. Now they have some templates and things you can use. You don't have to be a web designer from and start from scratch, but there's a little bit more on this back end here that I, or on the front end of it, I guess I should say that I didn't know about. But by the time my next podcast comes out, the online course will be published and ready. Here's what I need. I would like 10, 10 people who at a significant discount are willing to go through the course and give me feedback. I need some beta testers. If you're interested in doing that, go to send me an email at the Scottish clans at gmail.com the Scottish clans at gmail.com go there and let me know that you want in on that I'll give you a uh, send you a coupon code and you can have the you can have the uh, the course at a, at a hefty discount and in return I want the feedback I want to know where the glitches are I want to know where things are gonna are not working so let me know if that's you ahead of time and uh, and for your for your efforts there we'll we'll work out a deal. Anyway, hope everybody got that. Um, also, for those of you who don't want to pay for something and you want free stuff aside from this podcast, this podcast represents significant time and effort, and I'm just putting it out there, and it's free content. And so there's some of the free content. But if you want more free content, go to www.scottish-clans.com forward slash resources. I have several things on there 
that are just for free that I think are of significant value in studying and deepening your knowledge of the Scottish clans. I have kind of an infographic on there that lays out Summerlid's descendants. Now, you can do a Google image search of Clan Donald or of the descendants of Summerlid, and you can see all the different individuals. But what I'm focusing on is, okay, but which one of these individuals begat this branch of a clan? And that's where it's the emphasis of that visual. If you want to go and if you're interested and have any connection to the Clan Donald, whether it's actual descent or whether you're just interested in it, that's on there. I've got my master's thesis. If you really want to get into some uh, some stuff there, a lot of you are not ready to bite off a chunk that big, but I've got some some really cool documents on there for for free. You can have the 1587 role of the clans. That's really interesting because it talks about um, what were some of the clans that the contemporary government of Scotland viewed as clans. Really interesting. Gives them a list. Now, it's not meant to be an all-inclusive list, and if you're not on that list, sorry, your ancestors weren't a clan. That's not what it is. But the ones who are on that list were absolutely clans, for sure. Um, at least in the eyes of the Scottish government of, the t- of 1587. Now, can you find that with a Google image search? Yes. Or not a Google image search, but just a Google search. You can find that. What this is is a PDF that you can actually study. You can mark it up. You can you can include notes. So that's the advantage of a PDF. Then uh, another thing that's on there, and there, there'll be more things to come that I'll be loading onto this page, things that I think would be nice for people to have. They've been helpful to me. And these things, are once again, they're just for free. General Wade's 1724 Report of the Highlands is also on there. And really interesting because he gives military strength of the different clans as they were in the early 1700s. Really interesting. Go on there. Is your clan on there? Are they not on there? Why are they not on there? Um, If your clan is on there, how many men, according to General Wade, could they put on a battlefield? So... In a cash-poor economy, that was one of the ways of measuring power and wealth and influence was how many people can we put on a battlefield. So go check that out, General Wade's 1724 Report on the Highlands. I've got all those there on scottish-clans.com forward slash resources. All right. Now, the source that I'm using for today's episode is... The Everyday Life of the Clans of the Scottish Highlands by Michael Newton. I have mentioned his name many times on this podcast, and I actually did a YouTube video that I published doing kind of a book review. It's not not like a, a book review as in, not in the traditional sense. It's me explaining why I think this is a helpful contribution to anybody's library who's serious about a study of the Scottish clans. So uh, I'll put that link, I'll put a link to that video in the notes for this episode if you want to go check that out and learn more about this as a source. I'm just taking a few excerpts from it. Now I'm going to start off by talking, I'm going to, I'm going to read to you some of the preliminary part of this chapter. It's chapter 4, page 57, it's called As Old as the Mist. Origin legends. I'm not going to read to you this whole part about Highland clan origin legends in general. I am going to read just a little bit from that so that you can learn about 
the purpose of these origin myths and legends. The purpose was not to provide very matter-of-fact, no-kidding, straight-to-the-core truth about the origins of the clan. So they shouldn't be taken as such. In fact, let's see what Michael Newton says were the purpose of these origin legends. Number one, he just got them listed in bullet points here. First one is, provide a lineage for the founder of the clan that would be seen as being among people of high social status. Next, demonstrate that the founder of the clan had the qualities expected of a strong leader. Next, make symbolic statements about the clan's dynastic or ethnic allegiances within Scotland. Next, legitimate the occupation of the lands of the clan. Next, reinforce the connections to and loyalty of lateral branches of the clan. And finally, contain dramatic episodes that make for enjoyable and memorable literature. That was, that's the purpose of it. So it's not the same as Stephen Boardman's work on the Campbells where he tries to really flesh out where, do these, where does this kindred really come from? What is, where, where are they at? He comes at that from an academic standpoint. Um, it's not the same as John Bannerman's work on the Lords of the Isles and tying them back, actually inferring that there is, era, um, implying that there's, uh, maybe he actually overtly states it in, in one of the works I've quoted previously that there's continuity as a political entity between the kings of Dalriada and the lords of the isles. But you have to read John Bannerman to see that connection. I'm not going to lay that out now. But that's coming at it from a scholarly um, angle, which this is not. Now, Michael Newton gives the origin legends of several of the clans in here, but many of them are large clans, and I've already touched on them in other episodes. He has, for instance, the McDonald's, the Mackenzies, the Campbells. I'm just thumbing through the pages here. The Macintoshes, the Buchanans, the Grants, the McLeans. Um, how the McDonald's got possession of Dalness, the MacIver Campbells, as well as the origin of the McIntyres of Glennoe. Like I said, several of those are major clans, and we've done other episodes about them, and so I'm going to skip over them and maybe focus on some of the lesser-known ones. So we're going to look at two today. One's the McIntyres, and the next will be the McRae's. Firstly, I'm just going to start reading from his section on the McIntyres. Quote, This origin legend of the McIntyres is embedded in a history of the clan Donald, which was probably written by Ushton MacDonald of North Uist between 1660 and 1685. Versions of this origin legend have survived in Gallic oral tradition to the present day. So here's, here's the, so unquote, so following now is Michael Newton quoting the origin legend of the McIntyres. Quote, Olaf the Red, king of the Isle of Man, Isla, Mull, and the Inner Hebrides, came with his fleet 
to Loch Stornua in order to subdue all of the Hebrides, north and south and north, pretending to have his rule from the king of Denmark, to whom the older settlement of Norsemen north of Ardnamurchan refused allegiance. As Olaf encamped at Loch Stornua, Summerled came to the other side of the loch and cried out, If Olaf is there, how did he fare? Olaf replied that he was well. Then, said Summerled, I come from Summerled, Thane of Argyle, who promises to assist you in your expedition on the condition that you bestow your daughter on him. Olaf responded that he knew that it was Summerled himself who was speaking and that he would not give up his daughter that he and his men should follow him on the expedition. So Summerlid resolved to follow Olaf. At that, at that time, one of Olaf's company was one of his foster brothers, a man named Murris McNeil. And he was Summerlid's close friend. When Summerlid brought his two gall- galleys near the place where Olaf left his ship, thus Murris came to where Summerlid was and said that he would find a means by which he might come to get Olaf's daughter. So in the night time... He bored Olaf's ship underwater with many holes and made a pin for each hole, filling them with tallow and butter. When they got up in the morning and set out to sea after passing the point of Ardnamurchan, Olaf's ship sprang a leak. The ship, tossing on the waves, cast the tallow and butter out of the holes, and it was beginning to sink. Olaf and his men cried out to Summerlid for help. Murris replied that Summerlid would not save him unless he bestowed his daughter on him. At last... Olaf, being in danger of his life, confirmed by oath that he would give his daughter to Summerled, who received him immediately in his galley. Murris went into Olaf's galley and fixed the pins in the holes which he had formerly prepared for them, and by this means they landed in safety. From that time to this day, the posterity of Murris are called MacIntyre, the son of the carpenter. I tried, uh, unquote, I tried my best on that, that Gallic part, Macantir. I'm not really sure that I'm getting that right, but those of you who are Gales can, can go ahead and, and correct me. All right. So that is the origin myth or legend. Is that meant to be exactly the origin of the Macintyres? No, but that is what uh, their own, from their own histories, how they came to be. Actually, like Michael Newton said, that comes from uh, a McDonald histories, but it probably ties into the McIntyre's own histories. If any of you have any other origin stories for the McIntyre's, please, please let me know. All right. Um, before I go into the origin of the McRae's slash McRaths, let me give a little bit more of a shout out to my sponsor, USA Kilts. Guys, I've got two of these kilts. And guess what? It's summertime, kind of. Summer's a long time coming to the uh, northern Utah Rocky Mountains, and it still acts a little bit like spring, but it's been getting warmer, and I've been hiking more. And guess what? I often, not every time, but often choose to hike in. Yep, my casual kilt from USA Kilts. I love hiking in it. I usually, more often than not, wear that on a hike. Uh, it's, I believe that a kilt is a superior hiking garment. It's well-made. It's not as expensive as my five-yard wool kilt, which I reserve for other occasions. But like, like the Salt Lake Scottish Festival and Highland Games that I just went to a couple weekends ago with my dear mother, 
Yep, she came down and she was my companion for that trip. And I, we sure had a good time down there. And we met lots of really cool people. And it's the closest I've ever been to being a celebrity because people, some that I, some people that I bumped into, a few, not very many, but a few actually have listened to this podcast. And I was wearing my McFarlane hunting tartan five-yard wool kilt from USA Kilts. That's an occasion for that. But the casual kilt goes with me on many a hiking trip. And so... It's wonderful. I love it. If you're interested in something like that, go to usakilts.com. If you're interested in anything else that you would wear with a kilt, or not with a kilt, but that displays your pride in your heritage, your connection to Scotland, your interest in it, anything like that, go to usakilts.com. If you have purchased a kilt, and there's a billion things to consider when wearing a kilt, guess what? They have done a great job, Rocky and his crew at USA Kilts, with their YouTube channel, USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions, have done a great job of anticipating questions. Some of them are actually fed to them by listeners, by even customers, and they address those on there. Plus, they have a ton of stuff on Scottish history and culture, and they have some guests on there from Scotland or other experts, so go on there and uh, and check them out. USA Kilts and Celtic Traditions on YouTube. If you want a fine product, for your Scottish heritage with excellent customer service and free shipping in the U.S., usakilts.com is your place. All right, now let's get to the origin of the McRae's slash McGrath's. Um, they're linguistically, those, those are the same, um, same name, just like McKinney and McKenzie or McKee, Mackay, McKay, Mackey, linguistically, or McCoy, actually, too. They're all the the same name. So the, the McRae's and the McGrath's come from the same Gallic name. And this one isn't as long as the McIntyre's, but let's see what the McRae's origin legend is. Quote, the Reverend John McRae graduated from the University of Aberdeen in 1667 and died in 1704. The following is an extract from his history of the McRae's, written sometime between those two dates. He attempts to explain the meaning of the surname by recounting a story in which an heroic utterance in battle becomes a nickname that sticks to his descendants. This is a common literary device in Gallic tradition that should not be taken as literal truth. McRae is one of the first writers to observe that some Highlanders removed the Gallic element Mac, or son, from their surname when they migrated to Anglophone regions due to anti-Gallic prejudices. Unquote. Okay, so the next part is the actual origin, as given by Reverend John McRae of the University of Aberdeen. Quote, As to the origin of the McRae's, tradition tells us of a desperate conflict between the princes of two tribes in Ireland. A certain young man signified himself by his prowess, defending himself from an attack of his enemy. As people observed their combat, he said in Gaelic that he was Dunyaraha, a fortunate man, if he could avoid the danger. Thereafter, he was called Makraha, the fortunate son. Unquote. I just got to pause real quick. I just had Creedence Clearwater Revival jump into my head. Okay, back to the story. Quote, it is true that this clan was an ancient stock in Ireland and had great estates there in olden days and have produced eminent men and are still numerous in that island. The name here is spelled Macra, 
or M-A-C-R-A, but varies by the region where any of the clan generally reside. There are various ways of spelling this name. Thus, in Ireland, they use McGrath and McGrath. In the north of Scotland, McCraw, McRae, McCraw, and McCrow. In England and the south of Scotland, the Mac is left out from an ill-founded prejudice, and the name is Ray, Craw, Crow, and such like, are the same stock. Unquote. I wanted to include that on the McRae's because we haven't talked about them much, and I've actually meant to. The McRae's, have, um, sometimes they're, they've been referred to by the nickname the Mackenzie's Shirt of Mail. There is a very, very strong bond and connection between the Mackenzie's and the McRae's. I would like to dive into that further in a future episode, but for now, that's what you have, the origin legend. Kind of a cool story, though, uh, coming from you know, right in the heat of combat, something that was uttered and it stuck, became a surname or the name of a kindred, and then later a surname. Anyway, I hope you found that was useful. Uh, Once again, check the show notes for helpful links. Maybe I'll throw an Amazon link for the the book from Michael Newton in case you want to... Either way, it's really easy to find on Amazon. Um, But maybe... I I always list my sources, especially when there's some major principal sources that I'm, I'm going from. Anyway, just a reminder, if you're interested in becoming one of my beta testers for the online course, uh, go to or give me an email at thescottishclans at gmail.com for a hefty discount on the price of that and, uh, and a coupon code and for, for your, uh, in return for your efforts and your feedback on uh, letting me know where the bugs are. Um, did, I, did I skip a part? Is there some major flaws that would be uh, disappointing to somebody who'd paid money for that for that uh, online course. Once again, that course is, is going to be on the origins of the Scottish clans. It is uh, meant to be somewhat of a mini college course. I've got a curriculum written up for it, lectures, not not terribly long lectures, uh, broken up into it's broken up into smaller segments. With each segment or section of the course, I have reading. If the reading is an article, I provide that to you. If it's a full-blown book, I do not provide you the book, but I do tell you exactly what you can go buy, and in that case, it is much like a, a college course, but a mini course, definitely, and it doesn't cost as much as taking a full-blown college course does either. So there you have it, um, and once again, if you're interested in some of those re- free resources, go to scottish-clans.com forward slash resources, and like I said, I'll be adding to that in the future. Go ahead and join our Facebook group just called Scottish Clans. Got some excellent discussions going on over there, and I'd like to thank my admins for that, um, for their involvement there, as well as those who contribute to that conversation regularly. There's some really good stuff over on the Facebook group going on. And just an invitation, if you would like to, if you've found value in what you've heard, go to scottish-clans.com forward slash team. If you want to buy me a drink or, or even a book, I've got a link there where you can contribute to the cause. Also, um, if you want to share this podcast, get it out to as many people as possible, or review it, all those things help. And until next time, Marsh and Leiv and Drastev.